Welcome to the Soul Center Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Master Healer Ariella Halevi and Rabbi Dr. Baruch Halevi, Rabbi B, your healer and guide on the journey of life. In this podcast, we will explore all things spirituality, meaning, and healing, from Kabbalah and the healing of your soul to shamanic energy work and the healing of your past, from ancient wisdom traditions to guide your spirit to modern tools to live your life. The Soul Center Podcast will empower you on your journey to heal yourself, discover your soul purpose, and live a soul-centered life. And now, on to the podcast. Um, we are excited to be talking to you today on this podcast. Maybe some of you are watching a video. We're doing both now about a very important topic. You want to introduce the topic? Yes. So right now, especially, we are looking and searching, I think everybody, for new ways to feel grounded and healed in a very rooted way. Um, so many of the clients we work with say this one thing. I feel like I have entered into this continuous earthquake underneath my feet. It's as if tectonic plates are moving underneath me and I can't get my footing. I can't find where I land. And so part of what we're going to talk about today is how to find that grounded, rooted feeling. And the technique that we use and the weight of life that we use is to heal with our ancestors rooted in their history And rooted in our DNA is a specific way to not only look at the the wounds, but also the resources and the well of of growth and learning that we can do from them. So this is good stuff during normal times to turn to those who came before you, generations, ancestors. I would say, though, that these are not exactly normal times. It's true, right? There's always turbulence. But as you're talking about the tectonic plates, the earthquakes shifting are personal, but they're also global, right? There's lots of global things that are happening, of course, like the pandemic and and economic stresses and just world events right now, political turmoil that is quite unusual. And I think especially when macro things are moving, we need to look to generations that came before us to kind of understand how they went through it and draw upon their wisdom and their their energy, their spirit. Something that occurred to me when my mom passed away three years ago was that I longed for that conversation with my mother. And what I couldn't do in the physical, I decided I had to do in the other realm. And so I sat myself in a chair every single day, which I do. And I, I started to heal with not only my mother, but with all the people that came before her. And I decided that this, this was a way that I could help heal the relationship with my mother, but also the DNA, the epigenetics inside of me. And we'll talk about what epigenetics are and and how to move forward, how to feel truly rooted and grounded in this lifetime with all the chaos that's going on. I started with my ancestors. It started with my, you know, it started with the parents and then it went way back into the ancestors. So what do you mean? Because I'm sure there's people listening right now going, 
huh? What do you mean? What are we talking about? When you say starts with the ancestors, what are you doing? Are you writing them letters? Are you thinking about them? What does it mean to turn to your ancestors? So our ancestors have a specific set of DNA and inside the DNA are all of their experiences that they've ever had in their lifetimes, right? They, we all die unhealed. Some of us are more healed than others, but we all have specific things that we just continue as we leave this earth. All of those things are passed down to your generations down the line. If you have thyroid disease, your mom had thyroid disease like mine. My grandmother has thyroid disease. Those things, yes, illnesses, but also beliefs, vows, promises, trauma, wounds, I mean, war, pandemic, Holocaust, things like that, those unhealed wounds are all passed down. So how do I, how do you do that? And can you do that on your own? Before we get to how, because I think that's the next step and that's Mm -hmm. awesome. So you're talking about individual connection to ancestors and ancestor, meaning anybody basically who came before you and is now in the next world, or we might say dead in this world, their spirit continues on. They, so that's an ancestor because you don't have to go back to, you know, Christopher Columbus, right? I mean, right. it's anybody who came before you is no longer here. And is it just individual or is there a collective thing that happens too? So it's both. And yes, it is. It can just be your mother and father. So that could be an ancestor. And that can be an ancestor. That's more generational, right? That's like sister, that's immediate family. So immediate family, definitely you can start with. What I find in my work is that most of the time you start there and it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. You do not need to know your family tree. You do not, although creating a genogram does help. What's a genogram? A genogram, is this an interview? (laughs) No, but some of the people are going, I don't know what a genogram is. A genogram is a family tree. Um, There are different types of genograms. One type that I like is to create an emotional and like almost like a psychological family tree. You create a normal family tree. You look at your lineage as far as you have information on. And then what you do is you write the different sets of positives and negatives of those people and look to start to see wow, hey, my grandmother always used to say money doesn't grow on trees. And that's what I was taught. Mm. And it continues. Why did, I'm just giving an example. Why did my grandmother say that? Well, her father uh, gambled and he lost everything. And that's where that belief came from. Right. So those are like, that's the invitation to start doing this on your own is to create a physical, to create a family tree and make it a psychological family tree. I did this recently with one of my clients um, because until you put it down on paper, it's hard to see. And what he did is he went like three or four generations back and we were dealing with his fear of death Mm -hmm. and he was trying to understand. And we're looking on this branch of the tree, um, this child died. And on this branch of the tree, this child died. And we started to see this pattern of children had died in almost every branch of that tree. And it just kind of hit him like a ton of bricks that that was passed down undealt with and undealt with and undealt with and undealt with. And he's the inheritor of this lineage of grief. Right. Exactly. So a lot of times there's a book, I can't remember the author. It says, um, the title is it didn't start with you. Mm -hmm. And it is so true. Mark mark somebody. Yeah. Um, also Oprah just wrote a book with another person that I can't remember, but she wrote an interesting book on trauma and how it relates, not just to us. 
the majority of the time, even if you've had your own trauma, your own wound, it didn't start with you. If you have sexually sexual abuse or physical abuse in your family, and you are someone who wasn't abused, you start to see that you have a lot of people start to see that they have PTSD. They don't know why they're closed down sexually. They don't know why they have these irrational fears. And then once you just dive into your history, you see, well, this woman here was sexually abused. This woman was physically abused. And the nuances are, it's, it's amazing when you connect the dots. And that's part of creating your own genogram, your own family tree is to really say, there are patterns here. And number one, what I always teach people is that it's not your fault, but it's really important to understand because you can rage at your ancestors. Um, and you know what? Western society has a lot of rage towards our ancestors and our own family members. And um, Native Americans and other cultures teach us that there are rituals around all this anger. It's not about cutting people from your life unless it's necessary. It's about compassion mm -hmm. and honoring where your ancestors came from. That's why ancestral healing, generational healing, ancestral healing is so important. And I know you're passionate about it. I'm passionate about it because we live in a time when never before in human history have we been this cut off from the tree. Right. We we rarely live in the same city anymore. Right. Most of our children don't know, you know, their great, great grandparents. We've lost that oral tradition. You're living in a tribe. You're living in even if you were living in a tribe in this country in America in the previous century, you were living in tenement buildings together or small towns together, or even big towns. But you had geography. Yeah. So you knew your history. You knew the stories. You you had this connection. Now we're cut off. And this is this offers people a pathway back to their roots, exactly, which is all about healing, right? And so, part of connecting to those roots, because you don't live in the vicinity anymore, part of that connection is the honoring. So, part of ancestral healing is saying there's a lot to unpack here, right? There's a history to unpack, and um, and it's about diving in, but it's also about like kind of. I always think of energetics and energy and I, I step back outside of myself as if I'm looking above into my family tree so I can get a clear picture of these were people mm -hmm. that went through possible hell. Who am I to judge that person or those people that may have started this train of beliefs that I now sit with? So the beautiful thing about this um, ancestral work is, and I can go in deeper about the way that I do it, but the beautiful thing is when we start to kind of take a bird's eye view and look into what they've gone through. And even if you don't know the details, getting a gist of, well, I know this man lived through world war one. I, I know this person lived in the Holocaust. You can imagine and get an intuitive hit of what they've been through. You can start to help them heal from wounds that they didn't heal from whoa whoa whoa! time out so <laughs> <laughs> you're so funny because you know exactly how this works no but i do want to clarify whoa 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 whoa, whoa. pause pause hit the pause button people like our 10 year olds <laughs> i think it's just that important though that we really pause on that moment and say this is a two-way street and it is i have this conversation all the time with people 
you're healing yourself and you're healing, <laughs> you're healing those who came before you. Yeah. Right. But it, that's such an important piece is you're being healed and you're the healer. <laughs> you just stopped. You got me with whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we like doing podcasts podcast together because the personalities can pop. Um, it is a two-way street between you and the people who have passed on. So again, you may be saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. When my you know father died, I know that his body's in the ground and his soul may be somewhere that I can't touch. And the times that we're living in right now, energetically, emotionally, spiritually, is such that it's teaching us that the veil is very thin between us and our ancestors, that they are actually, you know, so many of us, us included, there are times when you are to your knees and you feel so isolated and so alone in this world. And the, the whole point of ancestral healing is so that you, we understand that we are not alone, mm -hmm. that you may not be able to physically see your loved one or your great, 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 great ancestor, but they understand what you're going through because they went through it too. It may have been a different context, but they have gone through it too. You call upon them to help you and they can help you. I was driving this morning. I was thinking about my mother. I was calling upon her to help me with something. And I looked next to me and there's this big, extra big license plate that said Linda's. And she was just in my dream in the middle of the night. And she said, come to me. And I said, not yet. <laughs> not yet. I have a Barry Manilow concert. I have to get a to. concert to get to December 14th. Not yet. Not, not after that either. Um, but they're here for us to tap into. So when you say, whoa, 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 what it means is, are we really able to connect to help them heal on the other side, unhealed, unfinished business? And the answer is very much a, a, a holy yes. Mm -hmm. So when we help them heal, they help us heal. Mm -hmm. It's a reciprocal loving relationship. So there's a spiritual component to it. And, you know, Kabbalah really reinforces what you're saying. When we do the customs in Judaism, when somebody dies, usually we think they're for us. Like many people know, you say Kaddish, the prayer over the dead. Right from a Kabbalistic perspective, it's for them because right. their body was intertwined with their spirit here for so many years and it's separating and it needs to release. And so when you're yeah. saying these prayers or when you're meditating and sending them love and light, you're helping them release or heal. It's called tikkun, but right. there is a, um, a dynamic between us and spirit. So there's a ancestral spiritual component but you also agree with, it's also physical, right? And emotional. So for instance, in my family, I have one, two, at least two generations of suicide, my father and my paternal grandmother, probably others down the line that they inherited. Now you get to me when I choose not to, and I choose not to, I choose life and I'll make it through this life and I'll die in some capacity that I can guarantee hopefully after the Barry Manilow concert, actually, hopefully before. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. She's making me go. I don't want to go. Please don't make me go. You're going. Okay, fine. <laughs> when I die at some point afterwards, it won't be by suicide and I'm breaking the chain and I'm actually passing that life orientation down to my children. I'm healing maybe genetically, certainly emotionally breaking that chain. And in that way, 
I'm healing my ancestors too. Exactly. Um, shamanisms say that when you heal your ancestors and yourself, you actually heal seven generations down your line. And so even if you don't have children or if your children are grown, it doesn't matter. It's the, the communal healing. Mm -hmm. In Judaism, we talk about tikkun olam, right? Tikkun olam is healing the world. But the big component that we don't realize is that tikkun olam is starts right in here. Mm -hmm. your, your olam, your world. Your world, right? Your body is your little world and it holds your neshama, your soul. It holds God, there's spirit inside of you. That's why you're breathing. That's the breath. That breath has been it has been breathed before it has been, you have this continuation of breath from your, from your lineage. And it's so hard myself included, because the first thing that we want to do, we've all gone to therapy and all we want to do is say, I'm not going to be like my parents. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be like my parents. I'm vowing to not be like my parents. Well, you wouldn't say that about your dad because he's listening, but yes, no, not, not, you dad. not you dad. <laughs> You're an angel. <laughs> no, not my dad, but my mom. Um, but the whole point is we don't, we want to, I mean, as parents, we want our children to surpass us. My life goal is to watch my children grow past me so they can live even a greater life than I have, right? I'm more healed. And that's what we want as parents. But the whole point is a lot of us in our West, Western culture want to do away with our history. We want to forget our history. If you think about the Holocaust and survivors, and of course, they can't talk about that pain. And the challenge with that, and a lot of survivors have come out and have done education and have talked about that pain because when you speak, it gives life to the pain and it heals the wounds. And so ancestral healing is about you giving life to your ancestors to heal their wounds, to fix their mistakes, to, to tap into, and you can do this too, not just me, not just you, to tap into what has been unhealed in order to heal it so that you can start living. Um, so there's so many reasons why this is important work. And I know we're going to talk about hows in a second, but keep coming back to this. because I think for a lot of our listeners, this is a new concept for a lot of people. It's a new concept. Um, there's a humility involved with it. You know, Wayne Dyer talks about, we live in a world in America in 21st century, where we believe we're the sperm that won the race, mm -hmm. right? So from the very get-go, I'm a winner. I won. We have this kind of narrative of bootstrapping it. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, right? Do it, go it alone, make it happen. This individualism that is not true. Nobody makes it alone. Nobody pulls themselves up alone by their bootstraps, no matter what you've accomplished in so many ways, as they say, you, you hit a home run, you started on third base. Mm -hmm. Like so many people so many lives, so much sacrifice, sweat, and tears made it possible for you to be the sperm in the race. Right. And so, yes, I don't want to diminish somebody's responsibility and their efforts, but I do believe this work also gives us some humility and some context. And like you said before, connection, mm -hmm. because we're so fundamentally lonely in this society, especially, which is ironic. Never before have we been this connected vis-a-vis -vis social media and everything else. Yeah. We feel so lonely. My clients talk about the fundamental loneliness of not feeling rooted. Right. Right. I think it's one of the 
biggest, I mean, we can talk about the loneliness of pandemic, but I think pandemic brought out what's already been hidden, which is our existential loneliness. You know, I think about, you know, this is kind of off topic, but living in Israel and it's such a small country that every Friday night when people do the Sabbath Shabbat together, you know, kids come from the other side of the country just to be with their parents on Friday night. And it is not a lonely culture, mm-hmm. right? And, and it is, it was, <laughs> you're never alone because it's such a small country that even in the supermarket, it's like, you're right here. And it, it is a different world here in America after living in two different countries, there is an existential loneliness that is possible and palpable that I think was uncovered. It was hidden under the rock and oh. has uncovered. Well, just to bring that point home, and then we can talk more about how to, um, if you're listening, you probably know that there's an epidemic of suicide among veterans and even active military in America. More um, soldiers have died by their own hand than by the enemy over the past 20 years or whatever, mm-hmm. actually probably since Vietnam. And um, it doesn't exist in Israel. Mm -hmm. There isn't an epidemic of suicide among soldiers. And there's many reasons, and this is not a political conversation, but one of them is, A, there's never been a war where Israelis have fought that they haven't, somebody in the unit hasn't been able to see their home. Mm -hmm. So they know exactly what they're fighting for. But also that connection with parents, right? Because they go home on the weekends or at least once a month. And so there isn't that existential loneliness that creeps in other challenges and whatnot. But I think the point though, is there's less separation from them and their parents, their grandparents, their ancestors, their homeland. It's more tribal in that way. And so I think what ancestral healing does for those of us who don't live in Israel or any small tribe is to, is a pathway back, Mm -hmm. a pathway home. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, I think of a garden, Mm -hmm. you know, and in order to in order to grow that garden, you have to tend to the roots. And that's what you're saying is when you live in a culture that tends to their roots, that says like, you come home on Shabbat, you come home on the weekends, come see your grandparent, come see, that is that tending to the roots that we don't have in this Western culture all the time. And so the invitation is to take those roots and look at those roots and explore those roots so that you can grow this garden. And what happens in a garden when you don't tend to it is that not only do the roots dry out, but the weeds come. Mm -hmm. And those weeds in our lifetime are this loneliness. It's emotional, you know, baggage. It's, it's all this stuff that piles up in a lifetime. And by the time you're 50, 60, 70, 80, it's just an overload. It's overwhelming. And so the key is to know that, like, like you said, like, let's go back to our village. Let's, if, if we're in this world alone, if we perceive ourselves alone, let's, let's take a step back and realize and recognize that there's, there's so much love here and so much support, but I had a, this is probably another conversation, but I had a conversation with a client yesterday and, and she said, but what if I don't believe that? Like, what if I don't believe that, that there's, that I'm, that there's a whole group behind me? And that's an interesting question. But it works. It's st- I love these topics and these um, ways of living that works either way. Because even if you don't believe, if you're listening to this and you don't believe there are spirits behind you, you can't deny that there is spirit within you. Call it what you want. Call it DNA. Call it cellular memory. 
right? We know this for a fact. We know, as one example, that if um, your family has been in the Holocaust, was in the Holocaust, you're something like, in your particular woman, you're like 30 times more likely to have an eating disorder. Right. I forget what the, the number is. It's staggering. That came from somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's not just them making it up. It's inherited trauma. Right. So you don't even have to go to the spiritual route, which we do. You can just go the genetic Scientific. memory, epigenetics right. route and heal your body. Right. So there's an, um, I think she's a scientist, Rachel Yehuda, and I believe that's her name. And she's done uh, she's, she's written scientific articles about the study of epigenetics. And so again, if you, you don't have to believe you can look at the science of epigenetics that says, if you have Holocaust in your blood, in your tribe, these are the outcomes of PTSD that will, that will be inside and coursing through your blood or depression, the, the, the great depression, no, the great depression mm -hmm. or, you know, slavery or whatever right. your family's lineage is, right. you're carrying it emotionally, mentally, but, but also what we're learning scientifically is physiologically. Right. And so the invitation is not to believe if you choose not to believe, but knowing that there's like, this is why this podcast is on. So because there's, there's a way there's a, a bomb to your loneliness, right? We all want more tools. We all want to know how do I, how do I release this loneliness? And so this is a bomb or a solve to, 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 to your loneliness. It's knowing and, and then tapping into, and we can talk to how to tapping into those, that tribe behind you because they're for you. And what I've found in the work that I do is that so if you tapped in right now, if you really looked at your ancestry and you felt one or two ancestors, maybe you knew them, that feel it that feels like they're your cheerleaders, right? I always have people do that. Like who feels on the other side that that this these two people are your cheerleaders? Like I look at my grandfather, he's been gone for 30 years. He is 100% my guide, my cheerleader. Why? Because a lot of people a lot of souls on the other side don't fully heal. And then a lot do, they are able to fully heal and they become your kind of like your, you, they watch over you. So there's different reasons why there's different um, roles for our, our ancestors on ancestors on the other side, but there are specific ones that are here to help you through. And so part of the how to is to just close your eyes and think back about and feel into what ancestor makes me feel good? That's all. It's very simple. That's so how you start. I think we're going to need a part two of this podcast, which is more of the how to mm -hmm. and getting into it. And I don't want to cram it all in. So let's, you know, as we start to wind down, let's stick with that one, because I think that is, yeah. we're talking about healing during times of chaos. And so thinking of an ancestor, a you know, a parent, grandparent, or somebody, even, even if um, you want to go far enough back and, you know, like for instance, I'm a Jew, I think it's quite obvious by now. And I'm Baruch ben Shimon Halevi. I'm Baruch son of Shimon. That was my father's name, Halevi, the Levite, right? And why am I a Levite? Because his father was a Levite and his father was a Levite and his father was a Levite. And I go back to the temple thousands of years. I can go back to that concept of my ancestors have really been in the healing business for thousands of years. That was a service role in the ancient temple. 
of really tending to and taking care of and responsibility. And so I draw on that. I was thinking about that the other day. I draw that down when I'm feeling like I'm in chaos because that line of responsibility is mine. Mm -hmm. That's my birthright, right? That is my anchor. Because if you give me one word and you say, pick your word in this lifetime, I'm going to take responsibility Mm -hmm. every single time. Mm -hmm. So that's my way of connecting to my ancestors during chaos. So it could be a cheerleader, a person, you know, my, my grandma flow for me, or it could for you, you know, you'll pick your person, but it could also be your lineage line, something less specific than a person. Right. And it it's right. It's a, it's a feeling. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us are in our minds and when we get lonely and then we get into chaos, we go into our minds. And so the invitation for this time of healing is to really try and do something in addition to tapping in, like, how do you tap in? How do you tap into that feeling? You have to stop and do something that's body centered to get there. Because if we're just using our minds constantly, we're going to have a hard time with this exercise. So the invitation is to get into your body in whatever whatever way works for you, whether it's going for a walk or you know, doing yoga or just breathing, just sitting here and breathing. And then ask yourself that question. Like, who do I, who feels right to me to start to uh, play around with, like think about, connect with, ask for signs, ask for signs. We're always so scared to ask because what if we don't see them? And what if it's not real? And what if I'm making it up? That's my usual question I get is, what if I'm making it up? And the answer is, it doesn't matter. Like just ask and just be open. And I think that is the first step of ancestral healing. Yeah. And coming back to, again, our theme is healing in chaos. And it doesn't matter, right? Even if spiritually, if it works or if it doesn't, we believe it does connect you. Because when you take the time to stop, because in chaos, right, by definition, things are constantly moving to the point where we can't, we feel out of control. But nothing's predictable. Nothing's known. And so what you're saying is stay put a stake in the ground, right. stop, get centered, get clear, some body practice, the body, even the way your hand is your body. So maybe it's writing for me, it's writing every morning, writing, 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 writing. And I come to some of these insights, but doing this work gives you a way to stop and orient yourself to those who came before you. Right. And so that's part of it. The other part of it is when I go to that line of Levites, or I go to my grandfather, Grandpa Jack, who was in World War II fighting for the Allied forces. He endured hell. And I think of him, I can see him. I'll like meditate on him in his army helmet and his army, and I've only seen it in pictures. Mm -hmm. And I'll see him, and that will bring me my solid foundation in a time of chaos. He endured, I can endure. So there's just different ways to go about this to get healing from ancestors. Right. And I would say the opposite is true. Also, like when I tap into my grandfather's side on my mom's side, I think of illness and I think of um, fear and the fear of living. And I tap into my grandfather's mother and who I never knew. And I can see her being afraid to live. And so when I think of all of that, I think of, I'm going to do this for you. So you're healing. Right. And I'm going to live. I see that trait. I hear it. I see it. And I'm going to choose to live. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm, my, my, my word would be lit life. You know, I'm going to choose life because you couldn't choose life because you passed on so soon. I'm going to choose life. Yes. Uh, I'll wrap it up on my side with, it reminds me of in the Torah and the Bible, Jacob is leaving the land of Israel and it says, uh, and he goes to sleep and there's a ladder, a famous ladder. And it says there's angels ascending and descending. And the, the commentators ask, why ascending and then descending? And the answer is because we impact each other. Yeah. The other side and this side are intertwined. And those angels and in Hebrew and Kabbalah, Malachim is just messengers. Mm -hmm. So they're messengers. So you don't have to see little, like little haloed people, right? These are messengers and messages and energy exchange. And it's a back and it's a forth. It's reciprocity. It's relationship. Relationships mm -hmm. don't die. Right. They just change forms. Right. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> so um, we're going to continue on with this conversation for sure. Yeah, it just feels like we're not done. And um, I'm excited to continue on and I hope you continue listening. Uh, but with that, if you enjoyed our podcast today, please don't, um, don't hide it and share it with your loved ones. And let's spread this word of the idea that you're not alone. Um, with that, uh, I am beginning November 1st at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. I'm starting a healing circle, which is a complimentary healing circle for all of you that want connection, that need something more than what's happening in the world, want intuitive guidance, need healing, and want a place to go and gather where you are with like-minded people. So that will be happening on Zoom. Stay tuned for more details. You can catch that in our newsletter. So you can go to www.mysoulcenter.org and hop on our newsletter and um, reach out. And we hope that you too can connect to your ancestors. And heal during a time of chaos. Until the next time, Shalom, Salam. Namaste. You've been listening to the Soul Center Podcast with your hosts, Ariella and Baruch Halevi. If you'd like to learn more about Soul Center, please visit mysoulcenter.org. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at mysoulcentered. And if you found meaning and inspiration in this podcast, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd also love to hear from you to connect with you. So please reach out to us. And until then, we wish you shalom, salam, namaste, and peace.